Hi, this is Manuel Bredakis. Hello, my name is Dr. Andreas Voss. Welcome to the next episode of A Journal of Isakos podcast. In this episode, we would like to present the latest issue published. This is the volume 5 slash 3 of 2020. Apart from the editorial written by the journal's editor-in-chief, Professor Nick Van Dyke, this issue contains five current concept review articles, one state-of-the-art review, and a pool of abstract presented as a poster in the last Biennial Isacos Congress. The editorial, entitled COVID-19, describes the impact of the pandemic on our practices. The author expressed his agony concerning the safety and the health status of the surgeons, the authors and the reviewers, and narrates the story of Dr. Semmelweis, the Hungarian physician who was pioneer of antiseptic procedures. This is a sentimental article that ends up with the conclusion that solidarity should be the only way adopted in order to win the storm of COVID-19. The next article written by Giovanni Di Giacomo, Mattia Pugliese, Danny Chawu Toyen Li, Andrew Chia Chen Chu, Ji Wu Chen, Nahem Rosenberg and E.G. Itoi, titled How to Handle Minor and Major Bone Loss in the Shoulder, Current Concept, is an excellent article regarding the critical bone loss in shoulder instability. This article gives the reader a step-by-step approach how to address bone loss in shoulder instability. The author first address the problem or the aspects of measuring glenoid and humeral bone loss by the different concepts that exist and evaluate them. In the second part of the article they go then to distinguish and define the uh, amount of bone load with this defined critical and they also go a step further to also divide into minimal glenoid bone loss meaning a bone loss between 0 and 15 percent a minor glenoid bone loss between 15 and 20 percent and major glenoid bone loss which is uh, a loss of over 20 percent with this excellent algorithm, surgeons can easily classify their patients and follow the recommendations of this current concepts review. The next article is entitled Management of the Female Anterior Cruciate Ligament, written by Nicolas Von Dreil, Justin Rowe, Lucy Salmon, Elvir Servien, and Carola Vanek. Female athletes have been shown to be at a high risk for ACL injury compared with their male peers, even when competing in the same sport. The higher risk sports are soccer, basketball, lacrosse, and volleyball. Several factors must be considered when discussing the increased risk of ACL injuries in female athletes, including anatomical factors, hypermobility, joint laxity, landing mechanics, and different neuromuscular profile. Hormonal and genetic factors play their role too. 
prevention strategies that have been proposed and the debate area of craft choice, as well as the return to sport protocols are discussed extensively based on the literature published and the future perspectives are also predicted. The next article entitled Anterior Cruciate Ligament Reconstruction with Remnant Preservation Current Concept written by Benjamin B. Rotraff, E.G. Kondo, Rainer Siebold, John Hu Wang, Guang Ho Yong and Freddy Fu is an excellent overview of this uh, interesting concept of ACL reconstruction. The aim behind this study is to use and analyze the remnant of the torn ACL as it contains and provides substantially to the healing of an ACL reconstruction providing cells, blood vessel and mechanoreceptors. Following the recent literature, there is no increased complication rate following ACL reconstruction with remembrance preservation and there is also no increased risk for cyclops formation or extension deficits or arthrofibrosis. But unfortunately, clinical studies are lacking in a systematic approach, so the presented clinical outcomes show at variation in a standard technique and a way of remnant description. In conclusion, the authors state that it remains to be seen if and when remnant preservation should be applied in primary ACL reconstruction and they also proposed for additional and further research to define indicators and specific techniques. The next one is entitled Medial Side Knee Injuries, Simplifying the Controversies. And it is written by David Figueroa, Rodrigo Wilov, Alex Weisman, Francisco Figueroa and Robert Senk. This is an article that will answer every question that someone may have as far as these injuries are concerned. The authors state the controversies that exist in the literature as far as the anatomy, the classification system, the healing capacity, the relation to a possible ACL injury, the surgical indications and the proper technique performed are considered and answer them one by one. Apart from the well-written manuscript, this article has been enriched with images and evidence-based algorithms providing an excellent result as far as the effort of simplifying the controversies of the medial side knee injuries are concerned. The next article entitled Doxycycling Improves Tendon and Cartilage Pathologies in Preclinical Studies, a current concept, written by Robert S. Dean, David H. Carhart, Nathan R. Graydon, Nicholas N. D. Filippo and Robert F. Laprade is a state-of-the-art concepts review regarding the use of doxycycline. 
In the past, doxycycline has been exclusively used as an antimicrobial medication. But now recent studies have investigated the anti-inflammatory effect of this medication on our musculoskeletal system and pathologies. It has been shown that doxycycline directly inhibits matrix metalloproteinases, which are enzymes that are elevated during inflammation and have specifically been linked to cartilage, tendon and bone pathologies. Up to now there is only one known clinical trial that has examined doxycycline's use. Therefore, the authors propose additional clinical and preclinical studies to further investigate this significant effect on musculoskeletal pathologies. In the part of the state-of-the-art review, one article is included entitled Biological Augmentation to Promote Meniscus Repair from Basic Science to Clinical Application, written by Courtney Carlson Stroder, Daniel Saris, Peter Verdong, Norimasa Nakamura, and Aaron Chris. There is a wide variety of biological augmentation methods in order to promote meniscus repair. The literature on each one of them has a significant amount of heterogeneity, making the comparison challenging. The efficacy, the superiority of a method to the others, and the safety are discussed as far as the hyaluronic acid injections, the growth factors injections, the bone marrow stimulation, the PRPs, the use of fibrin clothes, stem cells and biological membranes are considered with regards to their use as a potential tool for healing augmentation. Finally, the future perspective are also referred as well as the conclusion of the literature review. Last but not least, the accepted abstracts from the 12th Biennale Azagos Congress in Cancun, Mexico can also be seen in the latest issues and downloaded on our journal's website. Find more details in gisacos.bmj.com We invite you to also follow us on our social media pages such as Facebook and Twitter and encourage you to post and comment on this podcast. This was Dr. Emanuel Brilakis from Igia Hospital in Athens, Greece on behalf of the Journal of Isakos. This was Associate Professor Dr. Andreas Voss from the University Hospital of Regensburg in Germany on behalf of the Journal of Isakos. We hope to have you back for our next episode. Until next time, goodbye to everyone. The views expressed in this podcast do not necessarily represent the views of the society or the journal.